0: Waiting for an answer, but then there lies the contradictions. when his daughter strolls in with his grandbaby on her hip, everything stops. When a former student visits in his marine uniform, everything stops and begins again. But these days quince all over the place, like a left-handed pitcher who's lost his release point, he has no control over his digressions and literary illusions and he knows it. He dismisses it not as a possible symptom of mental illness, but as the confluence of art and knowledge. Rationalizations are at times invaluable. As a young teacher, he had been full of energy and emotion. He was fierce and spontaneous. He took risk, attacking his job with the same tenacity he had when playing center field. But passion could only take him so far. He decided early on that he wanted to try to be a good teacher and thought it might help if he knew what the hell he was talking about. So he went back to school and he began to take himself very seriously, insisting that students stop calling him coach. He was a teacher first, damn it. He did become a good teacher for a while. Everyone told him so. He was tough, gritty, and compassionate, still filled with youthful zeal, and through the early years he learned the most valuable of lessons, humility. He was blessed by being surrounded by seasoned colleagues and he found himself open to their counsel. Of course, they were only too willing to offer it. There were those who saw in him what he didn't see in himself and they became a great support system. His drive was tempered by respect for those he aspired to follow. I am only a teacher. Ten or twelve years ago, I stumbled upon a Jim Harrison interview that led me to that realization. He said, I learned that I can maintain my sense of sacredness of existence only by understanding my limitations and losing my self-importance. If I am only a doctor, carpenter, engineer, police officer, preacher, congressman, it promotes the humility needed to function as a human being. I am only a teacher. F. Quinn Through the years, he became popular, liked, respected. Approval from students and peers was validation. The problem with that, of course, is that we humans often confuse good and popular. One is not necessarily the other. Quinn got lazy. He forgot his humility lesson. As the years rolled on, like the lawnmower in his garage, he rested on his laurels. The mister gradually disappeared, and he became known simply as Quinn. It seemed the students took him far less seriously than he did himself. Somehow, he slipped from a source of respect an admiration, to one of local amusement. Somewhere along the way, things changed. One by one, his mentors retired. He battled the limitations of parenthood. He drank too much, and he ran head-on into a deadfall of education reforms. And, oh yeah, he got older. No longer was he the young Turk. Quinn drifted through his fifties. The realization that he was no longer the sage on the stage was a bit troubling to him, but he hid it well. He had been a popular teacher. The time had come for him to try to become a good one again. But in the wake of a new order in the profession, he wasn't sure he could get there from here. Humility had yet another lesson to teach him. It seems it's not enough anymore to be passionate and knowledgeable, It's not enough to be devoted to your students. Frank Quinn is indeed an endangered species moving ever closer to extinction. Sadly, he doesn't even know how close he is to the end of things. He's now in the sunset of his career, not because he's burned out, too old, or bored. He's on his way out because the tide of change keeps pulling him farther out to sea. The rules have changed. The onslaught of cookie-cutter reforms